This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Doing all right. Hey, last week, I don't know if you were able to make it here for Easter, but it was such an amazing morning gathered in this place, celebrating with friends that were taking the step of baptism as they were just following after Jesus into the life that he has for him. And and I don't know, Easter is such a beautiful celebration of what God has done for us. This, this story that we celebrate at Christmas where this Jesus, this Emmanuel, this light of the world has come in to shine the light of life and truth and love in our stories. And then Easter is his victory over the darkness, his victory over sin and death, so that in him we can have the hope of new life. And, and yeah, I don't know if you've ever like kind of just kind of rolled through the rhythm of the year and you're like, all right, Easter, now what? Now what happens? Like, Jesus, you rose from the dead, so what does that mean? And it means everything. It changes our lives forever because he's come to bring us out of death into life, out of darkness into light. And, and when Jesus is in your story, something begins to change, and it's beautiful. And, and yet so often I think there's times where it's easy to go through life kind of just trying to figure it out on our own. You know, and have you ever just kind of, you've had a good day, and it's going all right, and you're like, I got this. And then life hits you, and you're like, not so much anymore. And you're just kind of like, like, you can kind of like stumble into the darkness and be kind of just get lost. Like, it's never fun to get lost in the dark, is it? Have you ever been lost in the dark? Like, literally and figuratively? Like, it's not a fun thing. Like, years ago, uh, my family, we'd go to Yosemite almost every year growing up as a just family vacation. And so it was kind of fun to kind of become an adult and start going there. And one year I brought one of my best friends, my buddy Chris, with us and so we're hanging out in the valley, just having a great week. And one night, we're at one of the lodges, hanging out with friends, just playing games and not paying attention to the, to the clock or whatever. And it suddenly realizes it's dark, and we have to get back from this lodge back to our campground. Um, and so some friends were leaving, like, oh, shoot, we forgot our flashlights. And so me and my friend Chris were like, well, here, you can have our flashlights. Like, you know, we're young 20s. We're indestructible. Like, take them. We don't need that. It's great. Like, like oh, thank you. And so then they left. And and then we're still just kind of hanging out, and it's gotten really dark at this point in time. And now we realize, now we have to walk back to the campground. And so we leave the lodge, and it's a beautiful night. Like, the stars are out. Like, my buddy and I are like, this place is amazing, and we're walking through the meadow, and it's fine. Like, everything's great until we reach the edge of the woods that we have to go through. And we realize, oh, now it's really dark. And you're like, where's our flashlight? And this is before we had phones that had lights on them, right? Like... Like, when you're in the dark in this scenario, you're in the dark. And I remember, like, as we start walking into the woods, all of our bravado begins to fall away. And I remember, like, like we kind of reach out for each other. And I'm like, are you there? Okay. Like, all right. All right. You with me? Okay. And we're walking, like, in the, and it's just, it got pitch black. And I just, I know that somewhere on the other side is where we need to go. But, like, now we're walking into the woods in pitch blackness, and it's not a fun moment. And I just remember as we're walking we're, we're moving forward slowly, and my hand failed to find this branch that just grabs my face out of the darkness, and I shriek. Like, I scream like a small child. And, and I remember my friend Chris, I remember as this thing hits me and I scream, I remember feeling him push me and run off in the dark. And then after a while, he realizes, like, I wasn't being killed or eaten or anything. And, and I, like, we find each other in the dark. And I just remember I said to him, like, it's good to know that in a scenario like this, you're the one that goes and gets help. Like, it's just good to know where we stand. Like, I got to fight off. <laughs> and I remember as we just kept pushing through, it was terrifying. And until eventually we began to see some of the campfires. 
and the lights. And then as we began walking forward, it got a little brighter and a little brighter. And suddenly we're like, we're going to make it. We're safe. And I think life can feel like that sometimes. We're just trying to make sense of it. And it just feels like sometimes we're stumbling around in the dark. And we're like, could someone just turn the lights on, please? And and there's this proverb that we have in in the the pages of this book. And the proverbs are this wisdom literature that was given to to help us understand, like, hey, this is how life is meant to be. This is how life is supposed to work. And Proverbs 4 says these beautiful words about this idea of walking in light or stumbling in the dark. In Proverbs 4, 18 through 19, it says this. It says, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. And it's like there's this contrast here of how we can experience life. And, and, and one is to walk in what they're describing as the way of the righteous. And and I don't know if you've, like, used that word at all this week, like, in your regular language. Like, it seems like such, like, a churchy word, a religious word, doesn't it? And, and yeah, I remember growing up in SoCal, I heard this word all the time. Because this was not a religious word. This was a beach word. Like, like where I grew up in, in, like, surfer culture, like, surfers would use this word all the time. Like, oh, that's righteous, bro. Like, I mean, that was just a thing. And, and I realized, like, growing up, they actually were using the word the, the right way. Like when a, when a surfer looks out at the waves and she's like, those are righteous waves. What she's saying is like, the, these waves are right. These waves are good. Like these, these waves are going to accomplish what we want to experience with them. And I realized like, oh, surfers know exactly what righteousness is. It, it, it's this idea of like when, when we're experiencing righteousness, we're experiencing life the way it was meant to be. Like we're experiencing it the right way, the good way. And and the idea is that as we begin to experience righteousness, a righteous life, something beautiful begins to happen. It's like the lights start to turn on. It's like the more we walk in that way, like what God intended, what God desired for us, what God wants for us, the more we can experience that life, it's like the lights suddenly get a little bit brighter and brighter. It's, it's kind of like there's this dimmer switch going on in our life. And, and the more we begin to walk into the life that God desires for us, the more life begins to illuminate and the more it kind of makes sense. And the more we realize, oh, God, you are good. Oh, God, you do have amazing things. Like, God, you're calling me into amazing, beautiful realities in my world. And, and yet there's another way that's not as good in this proverb. It's the, the way of the wicked. And it's described as like deep darkness. It's almost like the opposite of the dimmer switch. Like when I began to do life my own way or say, forget you, God, or, or whatever, it's like it's almost like someone's slowly dur- turning the lights down. And, and it's never a fun place to be. And and I know oftentimes when I, when I find myself in that place, you know who the first person is that I blame? Not me. It's all of you or the people in my story, right? Like, oh, it's because of what they did to me or they're just dumb. And I mean, there's some truth to that because there's another proverb that says, if you walk with the wise, you'll grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. I've suffered harm because I've hung out with some fools in my story. I also know people have suffered harm because I've been the fool in their story, right? Like, but I mean, the reality is I can't just blame other people forever because there's a, there's a reality that I've just made my own choices in life. And, and yet there's this, this idea of, of a path and a way of living. And, and I want to figure out how to walk in that light because I, I don't want to stumble in the darkness. The problem is I don't know how to grab onto that righteous life in and of myself. Like, like I, I, as much as I try, I'm not always capable of being this righteous dude who gets it right all the time, who who in and of myself can figure out how to grab hold of the life that, that I was meant to live. And, and yet I try. 
I try like like how many of you would just let's just be honest. You say like I really try to be a good person. The rest of you are terrible people. All right, <laughs> some of us try. <laughs> the the challenge though with my trying is that it doesn't always lead to the life I actually want. Like a lot of times when I just try, it leads to something that's not always beautiful. Like sometimes when I'm just trying to be this righteous dude, it often leads to being a self-righteous dude. That's not how you want to be described, is it? Like imagine someone's like, oh, you got to meet my friend. He's so cool. He's self-righteous. You're going to love him. We're like, no, <laughs> nobody likes that. And, and yet so often when I try in and of myself, it it creates this, this self-righteousness in me, and that, that just usually never leads to good things. Like, a lot of times that just leads to arrogance. Like, look how good I am, especially when I can look at somebody that I think is worse than me. And it's just like shame and point down and blame at people. And, and yet that arrogance is not really life-giving. And, and behind that arrogance, it's like I'm hiding because it's like I've put this mask on because I have to suddenly pretend to be something I know I'm not or, or hide the things I'm struggling with. And, and so as much as I love the wisdom of this proverb and and I want it to be true, I find that in and of myself, I have a hard time walking into that hope. Which is why I'm so grateful for what we celebrated last week. I'm so grateful for this hope of Easter, that, that, that Jesus comes into the story to do something for us that we cannot do on our own. Like he comes to actually give us the hope of a life that, that as we look at what he did, that, that going to that cross, he paid the price for our brokenness and our mess. Like, like all the mistakes and all the struggles in my story, like there's a freedom that he invites me into because like I'll take all of that and I'll kill it on the cross. I'll, it'll die with me and then I'm going to raise to a new life so you can have the hope of something better in me, a new life that I have. And I realize that I'm a guy that needs serious help and if Jesus, if you can help me, I'm in because I want that hope of a new life. I want what you've come to do for me. And we begin to realize that as we, we step into this life Jesus offers us, something really beautiful begins to happen. Because it's not simply that he came to, to offer us rescue out of our brokenness, which he absolutely did. It's, it's that he actually came to empower us to begin to live a new life. Like, like this righteousness that I need in my story, it's like, I will give you that righteousness. I, I'll give you my righteousness. Like if you need some help, I will give it to you so that I will enable you and empower you to live the life you're desiring and longing to live. I mean, that's the hope that we have as we walk out of Easter into the rest of our life, that, that Jesus is on the scene now, and he's at work in our story. It's why we saw these words last week that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that changed his life, and it can be true for any of us when we step into this new life with Jesus. Because this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And that's the hope that we have when Jesus is in our story. That, that something new is going on. And, and I just, I'm just trying to figure out, now how, do I, how do I partner with you in this? How do I participate in this new life? Right? Like, like just how, how do I grow up and grow deeper into this new life that you have for me? And what I love about Jesus is he doesn't simply give us new life and say, good luck with that. He invites us into this new life, and he says, now walk with me and, and let me work in your story. I'm actually going to put my spirit in you to empower you to begin to live the life I've set you free to live. And that's why Jesus isn't about some religious game. Jesus is about a whole new life of relationship with him, and he changes our story. And yet he invites us to walk with him so we can experience this hope of what he wants to do in us. 
And so I want to I chase after some things that Jesus said about this, because I think when we really begin to understand this life he's calling us into, there's a hope for us today. There's a hope that because of Jesus at work in our stories, we can begin to walk more fully into the light of life, the light of day, the reality of what God has come to do for us. And Jesus is key to that as we learn to listen to him and follow him. And so Jesus said some beautiful words about this that I think if we can understand what he's saying can really help us step more fully into this life that he offers to every single one of us. And so Jesus is talking to his first followers, helping prepare them for this life that he's about to give them. So this is right before Easter, right before the cross, and he's wanting them to know, I'm doing something really cool. you got to hang with me. Listen to what I'm going to say to you because it's going to change your life. And so look at what he says here in John 14 as Jesus begins to invite us into this new life with him. And he starts with this simple phrase. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. That sounds a little weird, doesn't it? Can we just get honest? Like if you and I are hanging out and we are like becoming friends and we like each other. And then I were to look at you and go like, so, okay, dude, here's the thing. If you love me, obey me. Would you look at me and go, who do you think you are? Like, like, I think that would be a very appropriate question, which, by the way, that's a brilliant question to ask Jesus. Like, when you're encountering Jesus, when you're reading about his life, and you're just like, Jesus, who do you think you are? And that's a fun question to chase. And, and here's what his first followers began to realize. Oh, you're so much more than we thought. You're so much bigger than what we thought. And here's Jesus inviting us into something as we're looking at it. And what Jesus is doing is he's actually framing for us what relationship with him looks like. So Jesus, how do I know you love me? He's like, look at the cross. And then Jesus looks at us and and says, now here's how you know you love me. You're going to obey me when I talk to you about life. And what he's talking about with this idea of obedience, it's not like some master-slave thing. The essence, the heart of obedience is this idea of trusting him. Like, Like Jesus, when you talk to me about life, I believe that you're good I believe that you're for me, so I'm actually going to listen to you, and I'm going to trust you to respond. I'm going to trust you to walk the way you call me to walk. I'm going to trust you to go where you say go. I'm going to trust you with my life. And as we do this, we begin to experience him doing something in us, giving us the life he's come to set us free to live. And I think it's important that we grasp this because I think sometimes it's easy to think like, Jesus, I like you, you're cool, and I, and I want the life that you have for me, but I'm actually not going to partner with you to experience it. Like I think sometimes it's easy for us to think that we, we can get the benefits of Jesus without actually buying in to being in a relationship with him and, and wanting this life that he has for us without actually saying I'm going to follow you. And, and the reality is we can't. We can't experience that unless we're willing to listen to him. And that, that, that's not just Jesus saying something that seems strange. Like, that's true of any meaningful relationship in our life. Like, if you're going to have a real relationship with a person, you have to partner with them and, and be aware of what's going on. Like, so for Christy and I in our relationship, for us to have a healthy marriage, I have to actually partner with her in that relationship. Like, it'd be really weird if I just showed up and be like, hey, I want all the benefits, but I, I don't want to actually, like, buy into this relationship with you. She should drop me like no one's business. <laughs> If that's how I was interacting with her, right? And, and here's Jesus saying, okay, I want to I talk to you about this. Like, if you want to experience the life that I have for you, if you really love me, then, then listen to what I have to say because I have words of life that will change your story forever. And so he begins to promise us this hope of, 
of his spirit at work in our story. So he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. It's like this hope of someone coming into our story that will be with us as we walk in this life. And he says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. This beautiful thing that Jesus is promising here, that that he will give us his spirit to come and be a part of our story. And as we begin to listen and respond, the spirit will lead us into truth, the truth that sets us free, the truth of new life, the truth of who God is. It's like the lights start to get brighter and brighter as we listen to his Holy Spirit at work in our story. And so he says, he's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. What he's saying to his first followers is, you know the Spirit because you're experiencing me and now my Spirit's going to be in you someday. He says, no, I'll not abandon you as orphans. I'll come to you. Like we're not going to be left on our own to figure it out. And he says, soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And since I live, you also will live. I mean, that's the hope of Easter, that Jesus overcame death so that in him we could have new life. And and now he's promising us the power we need to live this life as his spirit comes into our story. He says, when I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Like there's this beautiful relationship that we begin to have with him, that when we're in him, there's like this beautiful partnering and unity of Jesus at work in our story, his spirit now at work within us, awakening us for this life that he's come to give us as we walk with him and follow him. And so he reiterates this idea again. He goes, so those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Like when we we accept like Jesus, okay, I'm I'm embracing what you're saying about life. Like I I believe that you're good. I believe that you're for me. And so I'm going to follow. I'm going to listen. I'm going to hold on as best as I can. That's how I show that I love you because I'm trusting you with this life you've come to give me. And look at the result of this. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. And there's this beautiful dynamic that begins to take place that that as we begin to listen to Jesus and accept the things he tells us about life and trust him, hold to those teachings, listen to those teachings, it's like he's like, okay, now I'll reveal more of who I am to you. I'll, I'll, I'll illuminate the world around you. My spirit will come into your story and you'll begin to understand more of this life that I've come to give you. And that's how we begin to interact with this life that he's come to give us. And what I love about what Jesus is saying here, it's like, hey, I'm going to plug in the dimmer switch. It's like there's now power at work. My spirit will be at work in you. And as you listen and respond to the things that I say, and you let my spirit guide and lead you, that's how you walk further into the light of life and truth and love that I have for you. That's how we begin to experience what what, what he's doing in our story. It's an empowered life that he invites us into because of his spirit in our stories now. And as we walk with Jesus, following him, trusting him, leaning in, listening to what he wants to tell us. His spirit begins to guide us into more and more of this life that he's come to give us. Do you know that he's got more life for you than you've experienced so far? Like, do you, do you know like, like Easter and, and resurrection and new life is like really just the beginning? Like he wants to lead us more fully into the truth of who he is and who we are and who we can become as we walk with him and follow him. 
And it's like, like what I love about any given Sunday, it's like I can grow more. I can learn more. There's more life you have for me as I listen to what you're doing in my story. Like, friends, like we've not seen anything yet <laughs> compared to what he still wants to do in us and invite us into as the Spirit works in us. And as we step more fully into this new life, we do it by trusting Jesus with all of our life and inviting him to work in us and guide us and lead us. This is why when you look at Jesus' life, you'll see time and time again, he'll have this phrase. He'll say, hey, those of you who have ears to hear, listen. Because he's inviting us to listen to him, the words of life that he has for us. This is why Jesus will say, hey, if you hold to my teaching, you will know the truth. And the truth, it'll set you free. We'll begin to walk out of darkness into light. We'll begin to discover all that God has for us. And so when I, when I realize what Jesus is inviting us into, like this dimmer switch has been empowered by his spirit within me as I learn to listen and respond and follow and trust and, and believe that he's good and he's for me. The question that I'm constantly asking myself is, am I? Am I listening? Am I trusting him? It's the, it's the thing I wonder for us as a church, the thing I wonder for all of us who are expanding this new life in Jesus, like are we, are we actually doing this, Jesus? Are we listening and trusting you as we live in this life that you've given us, this life of love and relationship? Because as we do so, it's like we'll walk more fully into that life. But I wrestle with it. Like, have you ever wrestled with Jesus about something in your life or in your story? Come on. Can we just go there together? Like, yeah. And, and so often, like, the way I want my relationship with Jesus to work is this. Jesus, when you're talking to me about life, I'll listen to you once I understand it. Like once it makes sense to me, then I'll follow you. Like Jesus, you call us to do things like love my enemies. That makes no sense to me. Do you know why I don't love my enemies? They're my enemies, <laughs> right? Like, like, and, and, like Jesus, I don't, like why would you want me to do this? Like I need to like get rid of them or at least run away from them. Like, like here you are, you're calling me to something totally different. It doesn't make sense to me. And, and so, so often in my journey, what I'll say to Jesus is once I understand why you're telling me to do something or you're calling me to something, then I'll listen to you. And yet I think what Jesus is saying, like, no, it, it actually works the opposite. When I call you to something, even if it doesn't make sense, if you actually trust me and take a step towards it, letting my spirit guide you and lead you, it will begin to make sense in time. Like the reason you love your enemies is so that you don't perpetuate the brokenness in this world. Well, Jesus, won't, won't I lose? Like, won't people take advantage of me? Won't, won't I, like, get, get hurt by people? And he's like, yeah, but in the long run, you're going to win because they hurt me, and then I overcame. So you're on my team now, and this is how we play the game. It's like, uh, oh. But every time I have to be willing to take that step and trust him and recognize that as we're walking with Jesus, it's this ongoing journey of listening, trusting, and responding. Listening, trusting, and responding. Which means that there's times in my life where I have to consistently and constantly come to moments of surrender, trusting him that what he's talking about is right and good and will lead me into the life that I want. It's like when Jesus talks to us about money, sometimes you're like, Jesus, what, why, why do you want my money? Aren't you, like, you're Jesus. Why do you need my money? Like, what, what are you talking about money for? And and Jesus is like, no, I'm talking to you about money because money is a God in this world. And when you serve that God, it's a brutal God. 
And the reason I call you to generosity is so that you can be set free from it. But there comes a point in my story where I'm like, no, I don't know if I'm going to follow Jesus. I want to do my own thing. It's like, Jesus, Jesus, it's like, no, but trust me with this. Just watch what happens when you begin to be generous and how it actually leads you into a richer life. But that's a moment of surrender that I got to wrestle with him. Well, Jesus, why would I trust you with, with how, I, how I live out my sexuality or how I do relationship with other people? Because it's just, it just seems like it'd be more fun to do my own thing. And he's like, perhaps, but why don't you trust me with what I've called you to? Because faithfulness and fidelity actually leads to a happier, more beautiful life in the long run. But I have to suddenly come, am I going to surrender to that or not? Am I going to trust him with that? Well, Jesus, I don't know if I always, if everything that you're making sense, and I think he's constantly saying, trust me. Because I have a life for you, and it's good, and I'm actually for you. I'm for the best you you could ever hope to discover or find. So just be willing to surrender that and watch what happens as you walk with me and let my spirit begin to work and guide you into the life I have for you. And so that's why walking with Jesus is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong partnership. That's why he calls us to follow him. I don't know about you, but sometimes I wrestle with that because there's times in my life where I'm like, Jesus, would you follow me? Like, I want to go this way because this looks like fun. And, and like, would you come here and sign off on this? And I think this is like in loving. He just says, no, Joel, I can't sign off on that because that's a broken path. I didn't come to follow you. I came to invite you to follow me. And so how do we walk with him in those moments of life when we're wondering, Lord, what's, what's the life that will lead me into your best? Like, I want to, I want to walk into this light of life, what you've come to do for me. So how do I do that? And, and so let's, let's wrestle with some questions. Let's chase some questions together that, that I think if we can begin to bring these questions kind of into our own story, they can help us discover how we can partner with Jesus in this life that he's come to give us. This beautiful reality that as we walk with him, the lights can get brighter and brighter as we trust him with what he's doing in our story. And so here's a question that I would call the, I just call this the next step question in the journey. So this is the first one. This is the question that we ask Jesus because we're wanting to experience more of the life he has for us. And it's a simple question. And it goes like this. Hey, what do you want from me in this area of my life? And it's interesting when we begin to ask that question because it's helping us realize that Jesus came to give us life to its fullest, which means he wants to speak into every area of our life. Because there's freedom he has for us in every area of our life. And now maybe you're here or you're listening today and you're like, well, I haven't even made that, that first step of following Jesus. Here's how I would just frame the next step question. You just ask Jesus, what do you want from me with my life? I think Jesus' response would be, I want you to believe that I'm for you and I've come to give you life and so follow me. And we take that first step. And then we keep taking the next step and we keep asking, what do you want from me in this area of my life? And we trust him when he begins to stir and speak. And sometimes that's easy, right? Like sometimes the things that Jesus is calling us to, it's just like, oh yeah, I know I need help with that. Oh yeah, I know you have life for me in this area. I know that you want to help me figure out how to be, be a better friend or, or, or partner with someone in life. And, and so you're like, yeah, teach me what that looks like. And we begin to just trust as his spirits at working in our story to do it. And the reason we ask this question, Jesus, what do you want from me in this area of my life, whatever it is, is that we're saying, I, I, I want to know what you want from me. Because I want to experience all that you have for me. 
And the more I'm willing to trust you with this today, the more I begin to experience the fullness of life you've come to give me. And so this is why, like, if your experience of following Jesus is more religious so far, what I would encourage you to do is, like, put the religious game down. Like, don't try to, like, be good enough. Don't try to go through the steps. Step back and just say, if this is a relationship and, and you're leading me in life, then the best question I could ask is, well, what do you want from me with this area? Like, how do you want me to be a parent? How do you want me to be a friend? How do you want me to walk with others? How do I show up to my job tomorrow and, and be someone that seeks to do what's best for other people? And you invite him to lead you into that and to shepherd you and, put, and, and, and his spirit will guide you in that. And you respond to that. And as you take that step, guess what he has on the other side of that step? More life. And then we take the next step and we step more fully into that life. And it's like the light switch gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And I'd love to tell you where Jesus will take you a year from now. But what I can tell you is if you take the next step that he's putting in front of you today, you'll be amazed at where you're at a year from now. Because he's got life for us. Life and life and life as we trust him with that. And yet it's not always easy, right? Because there's times in my story where I'm wrestling with the things he's stirring and what he's, he's calling me to or, or inviting me into. And so there's another question, a second question then, that we can interact with him about. And this is the wrestling question. And this is the question we ask when we're wrestling with something that Jesus is stirring in us. Something he's wanting to wake us up to or, or a course correction he's wanting to lead us into. And here's the question that we ask when we're in that place of wrestling. I don't know if I want to follow you or trust you with this area of my life. Here's a great question to ask. Jesus, do I believe you are good and you're looking out for me? Because I look at the choices I make sometimes in my own story. And if I just step back and like step out of myself and look at the story, I would want to be like tap myself on the shoulder. Joel, why, why did you make that decision? Like, why did you treat that person that way? Why did you walk away from that challenge that was in front of you? Why did you take the easy way? And, and I think so often if I could just talk with myself, the reason would be like because I, I didn't believe him. I, I, didn't, I didn't believe that what he was actually wanting from me was where it was going to take me. And, and I thought that this was a better way. Have you ever been there? Is it, is it me? Is it we? Yeah. And here's what I want you to know. It's okay to wrestle. It's okay to wrestle with Jesus. In fact, wrestling might be the best way you begin to grow because you and him start having conversations and he begins to speak into your life. And when I'm in that place of wrestling, one of the things that helps me the most is to look back and reflect on my life with him so far. And to look back and be like, you know what? In every other case where I actually trusted you, it led me to something good. It led me to something more. And with whatever I'm wrestling with today, maybe if I just trust you, it'll lead me to something good as well. Because when I'm in that place of wrestling, there's times I just have to remind myself of something. Joel, you stepped into a new life with Jesus because you believed he was good. You believed he loved you. You believed he had a new life for you. You have given him your eternal destiny. But you're not going to trust him with this right now moment 
Like, do you see the disparity in that? <laughs> it's like, what, what? And there's times where I just like, I, I got to just like, wait, step back. And, and that's where it's so helpful to walk with friends and people that are on the journey with you to help give perspective or to encourage you in those places where it's hard. To say, hey, I'm with you and, and I want you to experience the best life that Jesus has for you too. And so I'm going to cheer you on to follow him. And guess what? I need your voice in my story too, helping to cheer me on. Because there's times where like when I'm in the thick of it, when I'm wrestling, I may not make the best choice, but I need people that will come around me anyways and still help me to find him. And so the wrestling question, it's, a, it's an important one. But here's the thing. Do you believe? Do you believe that he's good? And if you ever doubt that, just go to the cross. Right? God demonstrates his love for us. While we were still sinners, when we were at our worst, that's when Jesus came and died for us. It's not like Jesus looked down at us and said, now you're good enough. Finally. Jesus looked at us and said, no, I came for the lost and the hurting. I came for you as you are because I love you and I have a life for you. If you would do that for me at my worst, then why won't I trust you with this thing today? Believing that you're good for me, that you have life for me. Then there's a third question I would invite you to do as we're figuring out how to partner with Jesus in this life that he has for us. And I, I, just, I call this the turnaround question. This is the question that we ask when things have started to grow dim. The question that we ask when we could look at our story, maybe we've banked some time with Jesus, and once upon a time it was sweet and it was beautiful and it was good, and, and yet maybe there was a moment in that journey where Jesus is like, let's go this way, and you're like, no. <laughs> and I went this the other way instead. And as I started walking my own way, my own path, my own thing, that joy, the, the sweetness, the, the life that he had for me, it just started to, to wane and fade like a bottle of wine that was opened way too long. It's just gone sour. It's like the more I walk away from Jesus, the dimmer it gets. And here's the question to ask, the turnaround question when you're, when you're walking with Jesus is to simply come to him and say, hey, where did I walk away from you? And you're still waiting for me. It's like, where did I not trust you? And I went my own way. But I know you're still waiting for me. You're still waiting for me just to turn and say, okay, Jesus. Okay, Jesus, I want to follow you again. And here's what I love about Jesus. I could walk a thousand miles in the wrong direction. And all it does is to take one step back in the right direction, and he's right there. He's right there. He's right there saying, okay, okay, let's go. And if you're in that place where your faith has kind of grown dark or dim, I would just encourage you to ask him, hey, where did I stop trusting you in my story? And invite him to meet you in that place once again. And to say, okay, can you help me take that step with me? Can you help me walk back towards the life you have for me? Because he doesn't give up on us. He doesn't quit on us. He's always there wanting to lead us into life. And when we wander away, the hope that we have is that all it takes is one step back in the right direction. 
And he's like, now we're at it again. <laughs> Here we go. Let's chase after this together. You see, there's this life that he has for us, that he's given us. And he's given us his spirit to guide and lead us as we learn to listen. And, and the beautiful hope that we can have today is that the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. And the hope that you and I have of being a person who can live that way is because Jesus is in our story now, empowering us for the life he has for us, leading us more fully into the light of day as we trust him and walk with him and follow him. Who has hope that there's more for your story than what you've experienced so far? Yeah. And that hope is Jesus. And let me tell you, the reason Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to obey me, you're going to trust me, you're going to follow me, is because there's nothing deeper than holding his hand and walking with him where he wants to take us. There's nothing deeper than trusting him with our right now moments and following him. Trusting that he'll give us what we need to take those steps and lead us more fully into the light of life as we walk with him and follow him. And so I want to pray for us as we go into this final song together. I want to pray for us that, that wherever we're at in our story, day one, day zero, day 100, we would know that there's a life he has for us. There's a life that he's inviting us into. And that we'd be willing to take that step with him so we can experience more of it. So that in our story and through our story, people could come and see that there's a God who's good, who's on the move in this world. Can I say, there's people that need to know if God could save someone like you, he can save them too. <laughs> can, we, like, can you just realize that? Like, how awesome is that? Like, I don't know if you've ever been in that place in your own story where you just, you just felt like, I'm such a mess, there's so much brokenness. And then you see someone else and you're like, wait, he can do that for you? <laughs> Man, he can do that for me too. He can do it for all of us. And so Jesus, we want to know this life you've come to give us. We don't want to just celebrate Easter and move on. We want to celebrate Easter and move more fully into this life you have for us. The light of life. And so would you come, your spirit at work in our story, would you turn the lights on more and more? Could we see that you are good and that you are worthy of our trust? Could we see that we are loved, which means that we can take steps with you. And even if they're stumbling forward steps, we're walking with you. And so we ask that your spirit would come and guide us and lead us. Your spirit would come empowering us for this life you've come to give us. So here today, we want to invite you to come and do what only you can do. Would you turn the lights on, Lord, and lead us more fully into the light of life you've come to give us, Lord. Amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.